All right, I want you to notice verse 29 of Proverbs chapter 11. It says, He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind, and the fool shall be servant to the wise of heart. The title of the message tonight is Inheriting the Wind. All right, what does that mean exactly? Well, let's go back and let's read a few more of these verses that we saw in this passage. Because in this passage, you're going to see many different Proverbs that are stating as fact things that often appear to be false, okay? There's a lot of things that the Bible promises There's that often it doesn't seem like God... Have you ever felt like God wasn't keeping His promise? Have you ever looked at something and you thought, I think the Bible's wrong on this one, where it looked wrong, but then later it turned out, yep, God was right? Anybody ever been there before? Or is that just me? All right, all right, good. I'm not the only one. And we see several things like this. Look, let's start reading verse 20. It says, They that are of a froward heart are an abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are His delight. Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Now, don't we often feel like the wicked do go unpunished? Doesn't it often look like that the righteous are the ones that are in trouble? You know, it's Pastor Logan Robertson that's sitting in a detention center right now in Australia. It looks you know, it looks bad. It often looks bad for God's people, but it's saying right here, the wicked shall not be unpunished. Yeah, but I don't see him getting punished. But you know what? Don't worry. They're going to get punished. The wicked are going to get punished. The righteous, they're going to be delivered. As a jewel of gold and a swine snout, so is a fair woman which is, which is without discretion. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. There is that scattereth and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. It seems like the one that's saving things up and holding everything for himself, they should be the one that are going to be safe financially, right? They should be the ones protected. But it says there's those that scattereth and yet increaseth. That doesn't seem right. Shouldn't the person who is hoarding all their money be better off than the person who is generously generously distributing their money? Isn't that what we would expect? You know, the liberal soul shall be made fat. And he that watereth shall be watered also himself. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor, but he that seeketh mischief, it shall come unto him. He that trusteth in riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. And then he that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind, and the fool shall be servant to the wise of heart. Okay? And so let's let's stop right here. And there's a lot of things we could talk about in each of these verses, but I mostly want to focus on verse 29 there because uh, I, I, I think it's, it's a good example of what we see in a lot of these passages. So he that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind. What does it mean? What does it mean to you know, inherit the wind? All right. Well, first thing I think what it means is, for example, you know, if you were are to throw something up into the wind, what's going to happen to it? You don't know, do you? It's unpredictable, right? You know, when a wind comes, you don't know what it's going to do. And usually what it does do is bad. Okay? You don't go and you don't you don't take things and if you want to put something away, you know, you don't go throw it up into a tornado or something, all right? It's, chances are it's not going to land in the right place. Now, there have been times when strong winds have maybe moved things, 
you know, in a good place. And, you know, but we've all seen that before, you know, when you're on a real windy day, you're out in the Walmart parking lot, sitting in there waiting for your wife, and all of a sudden that cart, you know, just goes flying across the parking lot. Y'all seen that before? And you're just waiting for it to hit a car. And sometimes the wind, it takes it somewhere safe and not to get hurt. I saw it one time where it actually went into one of the cart wrecks. Alright? Now, you can't depend on that, alright? On a windy day, don't just leave your cart in the middle of the drive or the parking lot. You're going to get yourself in trouble. Most, but most of the time, what does it do? It ends up hitting a car. And the truth is, when you just leave something to the wind, you have no idea what's going to happen to it. And chances are, it's going, it's going to be bad. And, you know, it's, it's Christians, it's important for us to make sure, you know, Bible teaches we walk by faith and not by sight. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. We'll go there in a little bit. But it says we walk by faith and not by sight. There are often times we are going to see things and it's going to appear like, you know, this would be the right thing to do. But the Bible says something different. You know, it appears like the wicked are getting their way. But the Bible says they're going to get their punishment. They're going to get what's coming to them. The Bible says that the righteous, they're going to be taken care of. They're going to be delivered. But it doesn't always look like it. And so most people today, when it comes to how they live their lives, what they do, and especially with how they guide their family. And I want to talk a lot about this tonight because it specifically mentions that that, you know, he that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind. Okay. It specifically mentions that many people, when it comes to their families, the way they're raising their kids, the way they make their decisions, how they're guiding their home, you know what they're doing? They're trusting in which way the wind's blowing. They're basically throwing their family into the wind and just hoping everything turns out okay. And you know what? You might get lucky and it just might turn out good. But chances are it's not going to. And I'll illustrate this here in a little bit. But let's go ahead and turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Because you know, wind, it's very unpredictable, isn't it? You don't know what's going to happen. And it's usually... It's usually not a good thing. Wind does not usually uh, produce something good. I've got a tree I need to get rid of by my house because I'm afraid it's going to fall down one of these days and chances are it will fall on my house. You know, I'm not going to just hope that it falls somewhere else, that it falls somewhere safe. You know, and uh, same thing out there. We got that tree out there that I'm thinking, ah, we probably should get rid of that because chances are, you know, it could fall on somebody's house and then, you know, the church is going to get sued. And I'm not going to depend on the wind. I don't know what the wind is going to do. And look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. I want to read this passage. It says, Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. How do we know this? For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. How do we really know that when we die that we are going to be in heaven. How do we know that? It's certainly not by sight, is it? It's completely by faith. We know that we, while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, but we also know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. How do we know this? We know this by faith and not by sight. When people die, we don't see what happens to their soul. We see what happens to their body. The body lays there and we put it in the ground. But we believe, and we'll even go as far as saying we know that they're in heaven, but we, that knowledge that we have, it doesn't come from something that we've seen. It comes from something that we believe by faith 
in the Word of God. And you know, when it comes to people's eternal soul, most people today are trusting in the wind. They're trusting in the wind. What does that mean? Because listen, trusting in the wind, it will land you in hell every single time. What does it mean to trust? What does it mean to trust in the wind? Well, most people will just go out soul winning and talk to people. Most people today, you ask them, "Hey, if you die, do you know where you'll spend eternity?" And you know what? They have no idea. Well, so do you believe there's a heaven and a hell? Most of them do. Yeah, probably. I do think there probably is a heaven or a hell. Okay, so what are you doing about it? You know, I'm just hoping everything turns out good. You know, if I be good, if I do the right thing. You know, I think I'll probably end up in heaven. I mean, we've all heard that before, haven't we? People that, yeah, I really don't know. I'm just hoping everything turns out alright. You know what they're doing? They're, they're just trusting in the wind. Hey, they're just going through life. I mean, not really, they're not living by faith. They're living by sight. It appears, it appears that being good would get you to heaven, right? I say, I say this to people all the time when I'm out soul winning, because I'll ask them, you know, hey, what do you think a person's got to do to get to get to heaven? And usually they say something along the lines of, you know, be good. Right? Well, you know, we want to be tactful when we're out soul winning. Whenever they say be good, I don't go, eh, wrong. No, I don't do that. Or you're on your way to hell for sure. You I I don't do I do not do I do not do that. Alright? You know what I usually tell people? I usually tell them, hey, you know, that makes sense. You know, it, it makes sense that good people would go to heaven and bad people would go to hell. It makes sense that the good people that are going to church and that are you know keeping the Ten Commandments would go to heaven and those bad people out there, the murders and stuff, that they would go to hell. That makes sense. But can I show you something in the Bible and then I'll show them how we're all sinners. And that, yeah, good people do go to heaven, but there is none good. There are none righteous. No, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I try to show them that. And, and, but at the same time, it's clear these people, they're just going through life just hoping everything turns out okay. You know, they're just, they're just trusting in almost nothing. Just thinking, I'm just going to go through life. I'm going to do what most people are doing. You know, I'm going to live my, you know, my morals are going to be based on what society is doing. That is not the way to go. Bible says, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in there at. It's clear that if we're just going with the wind, we're going to end up in the wrong place and just following after the wind, trusting in the wind, it will get your eternal soul thrown in hell every single time. So you know what we've got to do? We've got to learn to just walk by faith and not by sight. We've got to say, you know what? I'm just going to trust in Jesus Christ. I'm going to trust in what He did on the cross and I'm going to call on Him for salvation. And that's why we are saved by grace through faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We're not just going to trust what we can see, but people today, they would rather trust their works because that is something they can see and they feel like it's something that they can control too. You know, hey, I can control what I do. You know, I am the master of my destiny. You know, I, you know, all these cliches that you hear out there from Hollywood and stuff. But they, you know, they feel like they can see that. And you know, at least with wind, while we can't necessarily see wind, you can see the evidence of wind, can't you? You know, you can see something. There's something that you can look at. There's something that you can feel. 
But when it comes to salvation, it's 100% by faith. You know, the evidence of things not seen. And people today are, are missing it and they are trusting their eternal souls to the wind and that is getting, going to get them thrown right into hell. That wind is going to blow them in hell every time. The only way they're going to get saved is by faith in Jesus Christ. But notice in, um, in Proverbs it mentions, you know, he that troubleth his own house. Okay, because like I said, most people today, and this is mainly what I want to talk about, how they are guiding their families, how they run their homes, is pretty much they are literally just kind of throwing their families in the wind. What does that mean? What are you talking about? How is, how is this done? Well, it says, he that troubleth his own house. Alright? What does that mean? Well, let's look at an example of someone who troubled their own house. Look at First Chronicles chapter 2. This guy, he went as far as not just troubling his own house. He went as far as troubling his entire nation. How did he do this? And it says, And of the sons of Carmi, Achar, the troubler of Israel, who transgressed in the thing accursed. Alright? Achar, or Achan, as it's spelled in Joshua chapter 6. Look at Joshua chapter 6. You all probably know this story. It says that it came, uh, remember God gave them Jericho? God told them, hey, I'm going to give you that city. But look what it says in verse 16. It says, And it came to pass the seventh time when the priest blew with the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are in her house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed when ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. And if we're not going to read the whole story, but if you go into chapter 7, there was Achan, that the Bible says, he took of the accursed thing. You know what he did? It says that he went and he saw that Babylonian garment. He saw that wedge of silver, I believe it was. And he coveted those things. And he took those things. You know, hey, it's a nice nice garment. It's silver. There's value to this. This could benefit me and my family. It doesn't make sense to just let this go to waste, right? It makes sense that, you know, I can do some good with this. I'll, you know, I'll give it as an offering to the Lord. You know, that, you know, like, kind of like what King Saul did. You know, it make, it makes sense, right? But no, when he did that, when he took of that accursed thing, when he violated the clear command of God, he troubled Israel, and Israel in their next battle, they ended up losing. Many people ended up dying. It, you all know the story. Achan ended up getting caught. He got busted, and they ended up stoning Achan and his entire family. They all died. Why? Because he took of the accursed thing. He troubled Israel. And one of the things that we're seeing uh, families do today is they often cause their families to sin. Often people, even they'll come into church, they can cause the church to sin. You know, the Bible says there are some things that are not to be once named among you as become a saint. And they bring in <clears throat> accursed things in the church. They, they bring in things into their homes that God has commanded us to keep out of our homes. There's wickedness that have, has no place in the life of a Christian. There's wickedness that has no place in the life of anybody. And when we allow these things in our life, we are bringing a curse on our family. But yet these things many times, 
if we want to get specific, these things are just things that everybody's doing, isn't it? When you think about the, the morals of our world, you know, you can shack up today, not be married and be shacking up. And you know what? Nobody cares about it. You realize that's completely normal in our society. But you know what? There's a curse on that. There's a curse on those who are fornicating. There's a curse on adultery. Adultery, divorce, remarriage, it's all completely acceptable in our culture. It's all completely normal. If you just want to go with the flow of society, if you want to just go with the wind in our country, you can get divorced, you can fornicate, you can abort your babies, you can be a queer, I mean, you can cross-dress, you can do all this stuff that the Bible says there's a curse on you for doing those things. There's diseases that come from many of these things. I mean, one bad thing after another, and people are often allowing these things in their families. You know, mothers, fathers, allowing different sins in the homes. We see, in many cases too, one of the biggest ways that we let junk in our homes is through the television set. But hey, this movie, that everybody's watching this movie. You know, this is all completely normal. You know, this movie, you know, it broke records at the box office. You know, who? And, but yeah, but that movie promotes queers. You know, Beauty and the Beast was a big one. Christians, oh, what are we going to do? You know, it's this Disney movie. Everybody loves Disney, right? It's Beauty and the Beast. But you know, they added their... I'm trying to think of a word to say that's not inappropriate for church. They added their disgustingness in there. And we are, and they portray this stuff as normal. And our kids are seeing this junk. They're seeing this wicked behavior. They're seeing the constant shacking up. They're seeing the constant adultery, the constant fornication that goes on on television that's portrayed as normal. And they, they think, hey, this is what people do. People shack up before they get married. You know, people are going to mess around. People are going to fool around. You know, drugs and uh, drinking. It's just completely normal. And people are just watching this. Kids are just soaking this stuff up. They think this is society. This is normal. This is what everybody does. There's no consequences. Yeah, they fornicated. Yeah, they committed adultery. But yeah, but they lived happily ever after too in the story. This is all completely normal. And people are seeing all this. Kids are you know, getting this stuff in their head. And then parents are wondering why their kids grow up and are queers. They're wondering why their kids grow up and they're fornicating and they're shacking up. And they're doing all these abominations. They wonder why this stuff's going on. Because you brought these things in. You made them seem normal. But, yet, but everybody was doing it. It's completely normal. It's completely socially acceptable to just you know, let your kids watch all the filth. To let your kids you know, have cable television in their own room and just unlimited, unfettered internet access. All these things are completely normal in our society. But these things are also destroying our society. But people think, well, you know, this is just what you do. This is what everybody's doing. I know the Bible says one thing, but you know, it's just easier to do what everybody's doing. Just, and I, I think that's just inheriting the wind. Look what it says in verse 28. Let me go back to Proverbs 11. It says here, he, But he that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. Now, what do parents do today? You know, parents, they want the best for their kids, right? Parents want, you know, they want their lives to be better than theirs. And so what is it parents often teach their kids? Exactly what the world teaches. You know, go to college, get the degree, get a great job, and you'll be all set. Really? 
you know, because that good degree will help you get that good job, which will help you get good money. So we're teaching our kids to trust in riches. And I'm not against getting education and getting good jobs, but wait a minute, you know, I see in the Bible where godliness with contentment is great gain. Why aren't we promoting godliness? Why don't we teach them those things? Why don't we, you know, teach them to practice those principles? But no, they will allow their kids to go to just these, you know, wicked schools that just promote wicked wickedness. And we think somehow our kid's going to come out of there with good behavior. They're going to come out of there godly. No, all they're going to come out of there is with a good education, a degree, what will help them get a good job, and maybe some riches. But the Bible says, they that trust in riches shall fall. But it seems like this would work. This is what the world teaches. Yes, and the world's wrong. Okay, just look at the evidence, folks. Look at the evidence that's out there. You know, and it is, you know, so I'm not against degrees and things, but you know what? I work a crummy job out at the factory, and I work with a lot of people that have degrees, that spent a lot of money, and got stu- that are paying off student loans so they could get a degree. And they're stacking boxes in a warehouse. Really? You know, is that is you know, is it really that valuable, or have we been sold a bill of goods? You know, we need we need to think about these things. But that's what people do: trust in riches. Parents will say those foolish things to their kids, and that that's that's not right. But we feel perfectly comfortable saying these things because this is what everybody's doing, right? I mean, we we hear it all the time. We've been brainwashed. Uh, it says in. Verse 30, you know, the fruit of righteousness is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. Now, read through the book of Proverbs and we will find that wisdom is more valuable than just about anything, isn't it? Wisdom is extremely valuable across the board. And what does the Bible teach? He that winneth souls is wise. So what are we going to do? Are we going to teach our kids to trust in riches? Which is what the world would teach. Which is what everybody's doing. Which would be real easy. It's an easy way to go with the flow. Or are we going to teach them godliness? Or are we going to teach them righteousness? And are we going to teach them to win souls? The Bible says those that do that, they're wise. I don't know. It seems to make more sense to go the money route, right? Okay, but... Did we not read all of Proverbs? Often, what appears to be the case is not the case, and we see there is it's a completely different story at the end of the at the end. You know, better is the end of a thing than the beginning. As Christians, we ought to know better than to look at the beginning. To look at the present, we're supposed to be looking to the end of things. And what people are doing, the you know, the mentality of our society, the way people are, it changes all the time, doesn't it? Because what is it? People, they're just going with whichever way the wind's blowing. Right now it's blowing one way, another time it's blowing another way, and people are just back and forth all over the place. You know what? Why don't we just go to walking by faith and not by sight and just say, you know what? I believe what the Bible says. I'm not going to teach my kid to be stupid. I'm going to give him the best education I can. I'm going to teach him to you know, try to get him a good job and all that stuff. But you know what? How about I concentrate mostly on character, teaching them wisdom, teaching them righteousness and godliness and teaching them how to win souls because the Bible says those people are wise. And a wise son makes the glad father. And isn't that why we want good for our kids? Because we want them to be happy. So, what are we going to do, folks? Are you going to walk by faith 
Or are you going to walk by sight and end up troubling your own house and inheriting the wind? You walk by sight, your kids might turn out great. I don't know. You know, you're throwing them into the wind. There's no telling what's going to happen. It's probably going to be bad. Look what it says in verse 31. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, much more the wicked and the sinner. The righteous, they are going to be taken care of. And it says in the earth too. You know, maybe it'll be the millennial kingdom, but I personally think we will see these things in our own lifetime. But most people today, they're following that God of money. They're following that God of carnal pleasure. Just, hey, whatever's the most fun, whatever seems to bring pleasure, that's what we go for. That's what the world does. That's the way the world lives. The world just does what feels good. They're not walking by faith. They're not willing to do the hard thing. They're not willing to suffer for righteousness sake. They're going to buckle for every little thing. That's what the world does. Okay? And when we are, when we're buckling for every little thing, we're, when we're letting the winds blow us around and change us and things, right, right there, that shows that we are just, we're just going with the wind. Right, I just watched a video clip of Sam Gipp. Alright, you all know one of my favorite preachers, sarcastically speaking, eight years ago. Okay, just eight years ago. He was preaching that we should have enmity for the homosexuals. You know what enmity means? It means a hatred or a hostility towards. That's what he preached. Hey, Pastor Anderson doesn't even preach we ought to hurt him. Alright? Preaches we ought to hate him, but you know, we're not supposed to take laws in our own hands. We're not going to hurt him. He was saying we ought to have enmity, be hostile towards him. Okay? What does that mean? Well, God, remember the first time you see enmity in the Bible, God said, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. Alright? And I believe there's a prophetic significance there, but I believe there's a, a literal significance there too. We don't like snakes, do we? What do, what do you do when, I, when you see snakes? I know what I do when I see snakes. You know what I do? I go for their head. I try to kill them. You know why? Because there's enmity. Now, I agree we ought to have enmity for the homos. Alright? Alright, but you know, we also need to follow the law and we're not allowed to hurt them. Alright? And we're not going to. But we ought to feel like it. Alright? I'll still say that in 2018. I don't know if Sam Gipp will still say that. Alright? Now, why was he preaching that in 2010? Was he preaching that in 2010 because at one time Sam Gipp was a man of God that was a preacher of righteousness? I mean, he was preaching the truth right then. Well, if you keep watching that message, a little bit later, he mentions how Jesus isn't his Messiah. So what was going on right there? I'll tell you what was going on. He was preaching what was popular back then because everybody was preaching that just eight years ago. Just eight years ago, everybody was preaching that we should hate on the homos. And it was popular then. And so he was preaching what was popular while peddling his heresy at the same time. So sorry, Sam Gipp was always a phony. He, he preached some good stuff because he was preaching what was popular so he could bring in his damnable heresy like that. He was... but clearly just going with the wind on things. I would love to hear him say that in 2018, that we should have enmity for the homos. He was saying in there too, if you don't have enmity towards them, you, know, you, have, you, know, you have it towards me. He was saying, you know, we have this sick, I think, sick, perverted grace. You know, we're just like, okay with that. I was a great, I'm like, man, what is this? <laughs> you know, but that's what everybody was preaching just eight years ago. But after some persecution started, uh, against preachers, a lot of Baptists, you know, revealed that they had no backbone. And they backed off of that. And the wind shifted is what happened. 
So you, that was very common to hear that just eight years ago. Alright? Less than eight years ago, I heard it preached that homos should be put to death at a funeral. Literally. And it was not a new IFB church, alright? At a funeral! And you know what? The person who died, if he, man, I was waiting for his body to sit up and say amen. Because that was, he believed that. That was how he felt. I, I went souling with that man all the time. That was exactly how he felt. Okay, that was, yeah, that was only five or six years ago. Okay, this, this is, but w- the wind has shifted. And many churches today, they are, they are just going with the wind and things. And look at where their doctrine is landing. They're going deep into this hardcore dispensationalism. They're teaching all these just crazy doctrines like you never expected to hear from a Baptist church. Why is this? Because these people, they're not just trusting in the Word of God. They're not walking by faith. They are just throwing everything into the wind. Hey, let's see what happens. Let's see which way the wind blows. Oh, hey, there's a new controversy going on in the Baptist world. There's a, there's a movement of people preaching post-trib. There's a lot of people that are sitting on the sidelines and just watching, alright, which way is the wind blowing? I'll go whichever way the wind's blowing. Well, you know what? The winds usually blow in bad places. Some of them might get lucky and land in the right spot, but chances are most of them are going to end up in the wrong place. And just we cannot depend on the wind. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. It says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. So notice that. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. All right? A lot of times when we think people think of established, they think of something that's not moving. But the truth is, uh, it, when it's, it's right here, it's talking about you'll ponder the path of your feet. Hey, you're walking in a direction, all right? You're taking a path. There's a course that you're going on, all right? You can kind of think of it like a racetrack, all right? You, ever, you know, a lot of these races, though, maybe they have a circular track or something, and people, they just keep taking that path, going round and round, and, you know, you get to know it. You know how that road works. You know how fast you can go. And, you, you, you know, there's some roads that we ride all the time. We even know where all the potholes are. You know, you, you know them that well. You know to avoid this and uh, you know, go on this side. You, we know all these things. And as we go through life, we ought to think about the path that we're on. Okay? We all have a routine, don't we? We all have routines that we do. And we ought to think about it. Okay, this routine I'm taking, it's going to, you know, it's going to lead me somewhere. It's going to, I'm going to end up somewhere by this path that I'm taking, I need to think about this and I need to make sure that my ways are established. That I do not move from this course that I'm on. That I stay on course. That I stay in the right direction. And most people today though, they're guiding their houses based on the current culture. Well, I know people spanked back in the day. I know the Bible says to spank. But, you know, a lot of people are saying time out. You know, Dr. Phil said this, or Dr. Laura said that, or I read this book. You know, I learned from Rosie O'Donnell that, you know, you know I, I learned from all, you know, I heard all these people say something else. And so the, I'm going to go with the culture. Well, here's the problem with this. 
All right, this no spanking thing, you realize it's new? Okay, I know it's in the 1900s it started, but in the probably mid-1900s or late 1900s is when the no spanking thing really got started. Now, for thousands of years, people spanked their kids. All right, now, you know, and it was pretty well established that spanking works. All right, the fact that it's in the Bible proves that it works. But yet, people's like, you know, I want to try this new way, this new path. Well, the problem is, we're supposed to ponder the path of our feet and let all our ways be established. If you're trying something brand new, if you're going down a brand new path, how do you know where that's going to end up? Truth is, you don't know where it's going to end up. That's why you hear me you know, harp on the trendies so much. The trendies are always trying to find a new way and a new path. But wait a minute, the old paths have been working for a really long time. I mean, a really long time, these old paths have been working. We know what works. We know where this is going to end up. We know where it's going to lead. So why would we try a new path? We don't know where it's going to go. And yet, the, and these new paths that they always want to take, well, we're going to still get to the same destination. Well, are you sure? Are you sure? Because you're taking a new way. You don't know where that's going to lead. You don't know where that's going to end up. But all these new paths that they want to take all the time, these new paths are always based on the current culture. You know, we want to change the look of the church. Okay, fine. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it tells us what the church has to look like. But yet, all their churches look exactly alike. They all look like a nightclub. You know, why, why do you all have to go with purple lighting? You know, why do you have to, you know, I mean, just, you know, all, I mean, all these little things, you know, the way you dress, the way you, you know, the, the type of music that you're singing, all this new stuff, it seems to be just lining up with our culture awful close. It seems like you're just going with the flow. Alright? These folks are visiting. I thought about a church that I remember that was from their area and I knew this guy was kind of going trendy. He invited me to a thing uh, several years ago right after we started the church. and I, I was going to go to I wasn't able to make it. And I was like, yeah, I think that guy might be a little bit trendy. But let me look up his church. And I went to look up his church and a completely different church came up that's not even Baptist. And I went and looked. I was like, tell me this isn't that church. And you know what? I went and looked and sure enough, it's that church. Completely changed the name. Completely, they just took the name Baptist off, which is good. If they're going to go trendy, just lose the name Baptist, please. So nobody mistakes us for each other. But, you know, you know what he's doing still? He's going which way the wind's blowing. He's going with the culture. And where's it going to end up? Where are these new trendyisms going to end up? I don't know. Many times. Some of these things I do know. I know what happens when you lose your King James Bible. I know what happens when you stop soul winning. I know what happens when you compromise on standards and things. But you know what happens when we bring in purple lighting? You know what happens when we start, you know, letting the women cross dress and you know what what happens? You know, I, I, you know, a lot of these or a lot you know, we know what happens there too, but a lot of these things, I don't know what's gonna happen. What would happen if we got rid of our pulpit and went with a bistro table? I don't know. I, I really don't know. And you know what? I don't want to find out. I'm not just going to take our church and the direction we're going and throw it into the wind and just go with the culture and just hope everything turns out right. It might turn out right. I mean, we might get the bistro table in here and our church be better than it ever was before. But I doubt it. I, I really doubt it. I'm definitely, not, I'm definitely not going to take that chance. And 
But that's what people are doing. We, and we've got to think about these paths that we're on. And many of these modern practices, too, that are coming into homes, they're, they're clear violations of Scripture. Oh, but man, I just watched somebody you know, on Dr. Phil talking about how they hate their parents because their parents used to spank them all the time. And, you know, and it just really tore them up and messed them up. And I don't want my kids to hate me. Well, I don't want my kids to hate me either. But you know what? I'm certainly not going to hate my kids. And the Bible says, if I spare the rod, I hate my son. And so I'm just, you know what? I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. And, and honestly, sight proves that spanking works. You know, and these timeouts doesn't. But most pastors today, most families, everything they're doing, it's based on the current culture. And we cannot predict where these things are going to go. We, we can't predict because I, if I throw something up in the wind, I can't predict where it's going to land. Because you never know what the wind's going to do. But these, mo- these modern ways, they've not been tested or established. Let's look at a few verses here. Proverbs chapter 78. Or not Proverbs, Psalms. Psalms chapter 78. Verse 69, it says, And he built his sanctuary like high palaces, like the earth which he hath established forever. Now, what does that mean? Okay, Our earth that we have, it is so predictable, isn't it? What I mean, we know when the sun's going to come up. We know when it's going to set. From year to year, they know, the, they know the times. We know when the seasons are going to start. Okay, while we don't know every little detail, you know, about you know, what the temperatures are going to be, you know, we know winter's coming, don't we? We know that, you know, in just a few months, it's going to start getting cold. And we know, you know, we know we're, we're pretty sure that next week we're not going to get snowed on. Alright? Why? Because it's July. It doesn't snow in Illinois in July. I don't think it ever has. <laughs> you know, but there's certain things that we know. We know the sun's going to come up tomorrow. None of us panic. When we go to bed at night, when the sun goes down, thinking, man, are we going to see the sun tomorrow? You know why? It's predictable. Why? Because the ways have been established. It's been doing it since God created the world and it's going to keep doing it until He comes back. That's not going to change. Summer, winter, spring, fall, they're going to keep happening. Sun up, sun down, it's going to keep happening. We can predict these things. We can expect an outcome because this earth, it's been established. Psalms 89.35 Once have I sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. His seed shall endure forever and His throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever as the moon and as a faithful witness in the heaven. Even the moon. All right, Now, I don't know this. I don't pay attention to this stuff. But they know when it's going to be a full moon and when it's going to be a crescent moon and when it's going to be a harvest moon and a honeymoon and a blood moon. And they, they know all these things. How do they know all these things? Because... There's been a pattern that's been going on since the beginning of time. And therefore, we can count on these things. We can depend on these things because we've seen it over and over and over again. And the ways of God, the things of God, the Word of God, they work every single time. Over and over again. From, for century after century, the things of God have worked. These ways are established. Why would we change those things? These things, we know what's going to happen. They have been established, but these modern things, these people that are just going with the flow, these things have not been established. We don't know what's going to happen as a result of these things. There's many other verses like that we could look at. But I, mean, I remember the first time, 
the first time I ever even heard of a trendy Baptist church. Now, I knew about the new evangelicals and I knew about all the modern, you know, 7-Eleven junk. Yeah, I, I knew about that. But the first time I ever heard of it being in a Baptist church, it was right before I started this church. And I was talking to a guy and I told him, yeah, I'm getting ready to start a church. He's like, hey, we're getting ready to start a church too. Me and my brother-in-law, we're getting ready to start a church. I was like, oh, great. You know, and he's like, but he said, but we're going to do it a little different. I was like, oh, really? You know, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, and he kind of went into some of the things. And I, I never heard of this, you know, type of stuff before. You know, he, he told me a little bit about, you know, it was what was trending back then. The trendyisms of just eight years ago, seven years ago. And what he told me, I was like, well, that makes sense. I could kind of see how that might work a little better. And, you know, oh, okay, that, yeah, what you're saying makes sense. All right. But at the same time, and what he, and nothing he said was in clear violation of the Scripture. But he's like, we're, gonna, we're doing it a new way. And I remember when I heard him say that, you know, my first thought was, yeah, that sounds pretty good. But I was just like, the way I'm planning on doing, I know works. I don't know what's going to happen with these guys. So, I didn't ask too many questions and I definitely didn't follow his pattern. Now, I remember when they had their, what they call their service? What was that called? It was first time their preview service or something? That was like the trendy term. When you have your first, they call it your preview service. Alright, now what's wrong with calling this, your first service a preview service? It's trendy. Alright, or it was what was trendy then. I was like, a preview service? Well, then he gets up and, yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm the lead pastor. The lead pastor? I, I, I hadn't heard that term yet either. That was the first time I heard that term. This is what was trending at the time. And, they, they, uh, you know, if you, hey, if you're so glad you're here today, you know, make sure you fill out the connection card. You know, we still call them visitor cards. We're old pass here. You know, and, and, and I'm hearing all these terms and things, and I'm just like, no, is it wrong to call this a connection card instead of a visitor card? No, but it's trendy, so I don't like it. All right, I, and I, and I'm hearing all these things, and I'm just, I'm getting a bad taste in my mouth. Just watching these guys and listening to stuff, and I'm just, I don't think this is going to turn out good. I don't think this is going to work. And you know what? It did. All right, that church is already shut down. Both of those guys have divorced their wives, and I don't know, and I don't know what they're doing now. It, it didn't work. They decided let's just go with the wind, and you know what? The wind blew them straight into heresy, and it blew their church completely out of existence. What they were doing was not tested. It was not established. The things of God have been, and so we need to trust these things. We need to trust the Word of God. Yes, but look at the way things are changing. Look at society. Look at the way things are going. Hey, the Word of God doesn't change. His ways don't change. We need to stick to these things. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's just keep doing the same thing just like the Bible teaches. And you know, it's possible. It's possible that the wind might occasionally blow something into the right place. I literally did. I'm not making it up. When I tell you, I saw that Walmart cart go get blown right into the thing. I saw that. I was there. But you know what? That's pretty rare that it works out like that. I've seen more cars get hit than I've seen cars get blown into the cart rack. And while it can happen... You can just go through life. You can guide your family. Just trying whatever. Just let, hey, what's everybody doing? 
Let's just go with the flow. You might every once in a while get lucky. But I'm not going to do that. All right? Each one of these kids I've got, I've got one chance to raise them. I don't want any of them to turn out bad. I better have ways that have been established. I better ponder the path of my feet. I've got, you know, I mean, yeah, I guess I could always fail here and go start another church somewhere, but I want to get this one right. I want to do this church right. So I want to do things that have been established, things that have been tested. I don't want to try, I don't want to try something new. I want to do what's been being done for centuries because I can trust those things. And as Christians, we have not been called to just go with the wind. We've been caught, you know, we've been called to make a difference. We've been called actually to weather the storms. Look at Matthew chapter 7, and I'll, I'll close with this. Matthew chapter 7, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Why did they put it on a rock? Because those rocks don't move. They stay in one place. They're not going to move. That rock's been established. It's been there for a long time. We've built our house on that. We're going to be safe too. But that foolish man, that everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Why did it fall? Because it was on, on sand. It shifts. All other ground is sinking sand. It shifts. It moves. You can't trust it. You don't know what's going to happen to it. You don't know where it's going to go. So you know what we've got to do? We've got to build our life on the Word of God. We've just got to trust it. Hey, this Bible's been around since the beginning, you know, since the beginning of time. Before the foundation of the world, the Word of God abideth forever. So I'm just going to follow this. I don't care what things look like. I don't care what everybody else is doing. I don't care which way the wind's blowing. I'm going to do what the Bible says. I'm not going to trouble my own house. I don't want to inherit the wind. It. You know, when was the last time a tornado brought good things to a community? It brings bad things to a community. We don't. We the other day we were driving by in Wisconsin. There's that on uh, that interstate. There's that truck up in the tree. And I remember when I was a kid, I drive by that. My dad told me a tornado blew it up there one time. To this day, I never found out if that's true or not. I'm thinking it wasn't true. All right, but you know, you know, what are the chances of that happening? This truck's been up there for years. But you know, we we can't just expect you know good things to come from the wind. And most people today, if you go and ask them, hey, what's your plan for raising your kids? Yeah, just you know, live one day at a time. Hey, what do you think you person's got to do to get to heaven? What are you doing right now? What you know? What are you doing to try to get yourself into heaven? Nothing, you know, just trying to be good. Oh, so you're just going with the wind. You're just, you're you're fine with just inheriting the wind. Well, not me. I don't I don't want to inherit the wind. I don't trust it. But I do trust the Word of God. But there's going to be times when it looks different, when you're going to find yourself in an uphill battle, where you're going to find yourself swimming upstream. But guess what? We walk by faith and not by sight. It's going to work. It's going to work if we do what the Bible teaches. And you know what, dads, especially as leaders in the home, you need to make sure you get some things established in your family. That you make sure, that, hey, you test some of these things out. Before you go, you know, trying some new psychology and some new method of raising your kids, you know, 
Think about that for a minute. Ponder that. Let your ways be established. All right, well, how can my ways be established? This is my first kid. Not real sure what to do. So you know what you do? You go look at somebody else who has raised kids the right way. You go look at at the timeless book and see what it says. And talk to those who follow the principles of this book and see how it worked. And follow those ways. Follow those old paths. Where it is the good way, that's where you'll be better off. Let's not inherit the wind. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your goodness to us. We thank You for Your Word that uh, warns us and uh, will help keep us established so we'll be okay. And we thank You for that. And dear God, I pray You'll help us to just not uh, entrust our souls to the wind or our children that we'll, uh, we'll carefully consider the things we do. I pray as a church, we'll carefully consider the direction that we're going and that You'll help us, Lord, to end up in a good place where we want to be. And we thank You uh, for Your help. In Your name we pray. Amen. Well, let's go.